This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Vibrant Raw Living. I'm your host, Victoria Madian. Join me on a journey of discovering your infinite potential. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I'm joined with my guest, Olga Ginsberg, and she's not only one of California's top competing Latin professionals, but a very talented teacher and children's dance coach and instructor in San Diego. She moved to San Diego from the Ukraine, and Olga has been dancing since she was nine years old. She's been formally trained in standard Latin and has won several competitions throughout the nation, including the U.S. National Professional Rising Star International Latin Championship and several others. Olga currently teaches one of the largest groups of ballroom dance sport for children in the state, and she's about to open up her own studio. So I'm so excited to have Olga here with me to talk about her life and her process and what her experience was like coming to the United States. So thank you so much for joining me, Olga. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So first, I want to start off asking you where you were born originally. Well, I was born in the Ukraine. And what what area of the Ukraine? Uh, the city called Dnipropetrovsk. Okay. Which is one of the largest cities. Yes. And so what was early childhood sort of like for you there? Well, I lived in a small apartment with my parents and my sister. And um, I started ballroom dancing when I was nine years old. My parents were busy working to provide for us, and I barely got to see them. Mm-hmm. Then, and dance became a place where I could express myself and feel loved and mm-hmm. supported. Totally. I have to relate to that. You know, I feel like the dance studio can provide a really amazing home away from home for a lot of kids, and it can be a totally different place where you know your instructors can really help you build a lot of confidence in a totally different way so that training is invaluable when absolutely you're up. yeah absolutely so when it came to different kinds of adversity that you faced when you were living in ukraine what did you end up facing and what helped you get through this time you know as i got older dance became bigger and bigger part of my life and all i did i was studied and dance. So dance became a big part of my life then. And how has it served as an outlet for you in your life? And how did this process come about? So how did you learn to enjoy dance in such a way where you were able to maybe put some other things and other emotions that were going on in your life into it? You know, um, each time, because in Ukraine, it's a little bit different than the, in the United States. So basically, it's a club system. Um, I would probably refer this like to the dance studios who like uh, concentrating on uh, like jazz, lyrical ballet. So it's like a club system. So when you sign like a paper, you're in a club. So um, in Ukraine, you wanted to be in a club, which is I was one of the best clubs in the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, you wanted to be part of it. Mm-hmm. So this is how, you know, all started. Yes. And 
when it comes to kind of family life and stuff, was there anything that happened when you were growing up that happened within your family that was that changed or would you like to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. When I was um, 15 years old, uh, my father was murdered. So it was um, a very difficult time for me. And um, we had a big, um, I, in in here you say convention. Mm-hmm. In Ukraine you have a seminar, yes. which is when you take, uh, you have coaches coming all over the world. And um, I thought, because it was in the mid of summer, so I thought that I would not go there. But, you know, like after talking to my mom and to my sister, they told me that, you know, like I should definitely go there. Yes. So when I went there and I had all my friends, I had my dance partner, I had my coaches and it helped me. The dance helped me to go through um, different emotions, you know, through yes. my anger, mm-hmm. through Pastoble. my, <laughs> you <is>. know, through, <laughs> through lots of you know, difficult time and actually dance helped me mm-hmm. to actually survive that difficult time. Yes. That's a very sensitive thing to have gone through. And I can imagine that it was probably a very, you know, traumatic and thing that you needed to grieve from. And I can imagine how dance was very helpful during that time. Yeah. And it helped me a lot because, you know, like I was a dad as a little girl. Yes. So for me, yeah, I can it was that. a very difficult time because mm-hmm. it feels like, you know, like felt like they cut my head from yeah. me. So I had like no emotions, yeah, no feelings. But after I start, you know, dancing eight, nine hours a day, it's actually helped you to go through it. So like definitely, definitely. For people who go through difficult times, dancing will help Absolutely. to go through the different emotions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So at what point did you choose to pursue dance professionally? You're dancing when you're younger, and when did that happen for you? <laughs> you know, um, it was a very interesting story because when I moved to the United States, I went to the dance studio because obviously I wanted to continue to dance. So I went to the dance studio. I asked for the dance lessons. Uh, when we moved here, we had zero money. So when we came and we heard that the dance lesson, they looked at me, they said, you know, she's too high of a level. Plus, we don't have a partner. Maybe you should go to a different studio to try mm-hmm. to look for partners. I said, all right. And they said, well, in the meanwhile, you can dance which is professional dances with the amateur mm-hmm. in Ukraine. We don't have something. We did not have something like that. For me, it was shocking. I'm like, how can you dance with your dance teacher? It's a little bit like I'm 16, dancing with somebody who's like 40 and up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So it was actually, I said, oh, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So I went with one dance studio and um, in the beginning they looked at me, you know, nothing just a little girl, speaks no English, <laughs> negative zeros. They asked me, what can you do? I said, you know, I can show or I can leave you the tape, videotape of yeah. my dancing. So they told me, oh, we will call you in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Same night, I came back home. They looked at my video. They're like, okay, we set up tryouts. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple, not like one. It was 
couple other people wanted to try out with me. Mm-hmm. So they set it up to try out. And so I come. And the partner is much, much, much older than me. Mm-hmm. Because they ask me a question. Um, you're dancing like professionally. And I look at them. What do you mean? In Ukraine, everybody's dancing professionally. Right. Yeah. So I did not know that the you know, here because of my English barrier. Mm-hmm. So I said, yeah, I'm dancing professionally. So right away I did professional tryout. Uh-huh. And I was the youngest professional in the United States. So I go to my first dance competition and I'm literally competing against somebody 30 and up. So my eyes were like, uh, actually not 30. I would say they were like in the good mid 20s. Okay closest so yeah. i go there 16 year old where i can dance in youth i did not dance under 21 i did not dance my amateur when i was in ukraine ukrainian champion in the youth division so i started competing professionally here mm-hmm. so each competition i went i i went as a professional so they always called me little olga yeah. <laughs> <And> they still <laughs> do <laughs> i'm not little anymore but yeah. you know so this is, was my um, experience as I started my professional career here in the United States. Wow. And what was that like? Because I can relate when I was growing up, I was usually the youngest in a lot of my classes because I advanced like pretty quickly. But what was it like for you being around so much older people? I know I really liked it <laughs> to be around, you know, older people and you learn a lot from them, like experience wise. But how was that for you? You know, for me in the beginning... I had to learn everything <clears throat> because as a professional, when you go to the dance competition, you have to wear like dresses mm-hmm. and you have to put all the makeup. Yeah. Like you're going on the red carpet yeah. all the time. Yeah. Here's me coming 16 years old in the jeans. And one of the judges comes to me. He goes, what are you doing here in the night session in jeans? Yeah. I thought it's actually pretty cool to wear jeans because in Ukraine it is. Yeah. So they sent me to the room. And I was, I had to go and change and I did not have any uh, clothes to change because I did not have any money to buy it, number yeah, one. Yeah. So I had to sit in the room and think, you know, what I'm going to do next. Uh, I have to be at the competition on top of it, you know, actually, you know, competing against much, much older people than me. It actually forced me to work so much harder yeah. because of the people who have so much more experience than right. I had. So each time... I had to come back. I had to work my um, hard and hardest way of yeah. doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but you still made it happen. And I think it's kind of overcoming those struggles where you you learn a lot about yourself and you you grow as a person. Because if everything just goes easy for us in life, I mean, there's no there's no growth opportunities. But when you push yourself and you really see what you're capable of, it's so amazing to be able to see that. You know, it's actually did force me not only to work harder, but grow as a person uh, much faster and to realize what's important and what's important. And obviously, dance always kept me grounded and focused Mm -hmm. because, you know, I had to pick and choose. It's either I go to the party or I stay in the studio practicing. I did not like here when I moved you know, I went to the high school mm-hmm. 
So I remember I had a choo- I had to choose. It's either going to go to the prom or to the dance competition. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, I chose to go to the dance competition. Yes. I did not even go to the prom. I was yeah. not even interested in that. No, I can relate to that, too. I remember being at a birthday party when I must have been, I think it was one of my friend's sweet 16s. And I think there was a guy there that had a crush on me that was like asking me, oh, like, why do you like not do anything? Like, why don't you go out on the weekends? Like, why do you dance so much? I'm like. Because I want to stay away from people like you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, like, no, I was like, I love my craft. You know, I love what I do for me. Like, that is fun. That is where I want to spend my time. And I don't feel deprived of of anything, you know. Like, I really feel like this fulfill me, fulfills me so much. So this is what I want to do. <laughs> but, you know, what's funny is that um, in my high school, I also had a Ridgie Bush who's a football player. So he was in my class. Oh my God, that's so cool. So we were talking and people thought like I have a crush on him or something. But I mean, number one, I did not even know who's Reggie Bush is. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, I did not know that much what American football is. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I I mean, I treated people just the way and I always kept myself very, how do you say, away from everybody Mm -hmm. and especially right before the dance competition because ballroom dancers we have to put tenor on self-tenor so i would have up to my face yes orange yes and all my face is white so people would like asking weird questions like what's wrong with you do you have like a disease or something i said i i have a dance competition yes yeah, we had to do self-tan for competitions. Like, as I started to get older when I was younger, they didn't do it so much because most of the time we would wear tights. Um, and the costumes, I think, like, had a little bit more coverage on them. But, I mean, even when I was six, seven years old, I was wearing costumes that showed my stomach fully, you know, like, and little Absolutely. skirts and everything. So, But it was in a safe environment. It wasn't, like, you know, out in public doing this, you know, it was in just for that realm and then, you know. You wear normal clothes out in real life. Yeah, I know. But at the same time, like, as I got older, the trend started to be, and it is very much now, that you don't wear tights. You know, you show your legs and it shows, like, more definition and in your legs and all the muscles and everything. But you want to have that consistent body tone of skin um, and with the face, like, getting the makeup to match properly and stuff. So there's so many... Yeah. glam processes and i remember i remember sometimes i would have to come to school because sometimes for regular dance competitions they'll be friday saturday sunday so Absolutely. i'd have to leave right after school and i'd either be like having to do my makeup in the bathroom or come to school with my hair done and people are like whoa like what's going on here <laughs> <laughs> you know but i mean they knew i was a dancer and stuff so <clears throat> you know many people didn't really question it but you definitely feel like a little bit weird sometimes <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember my first <clears throat> dance show here. I did not put, you know, I thought I have dark fishnets and I did not. Mm-hmm. I tanned all my body, yeah. all my face, except my legs. Uh-huh. And my legs are super white. Oh. So it was actually looking super funny. I have those oh, pictures. Gosh. It looks so funny. <laughs> Lesson learned. Yes, we live and we learn, don't yeah. we? So how did dance change your relationship with yourself as you progressed and came more mature in your life because i think you know it's one thing to dance when you're younger but i think as you start to go through different experiences in your life in your teens and in your 20s i feel like dance takes on a very different meaning and it almost feels like all of that preparation and work that you did when you're younger starts to pay off in a different way but there's still so much learning to do you know absolutely um 
thing is I did not have what kids go through the stages, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. how we have, you know, like dancing pre-teens, then you go to the juniors, which yeah. is teens. Yes. Um, then you go to the youth, then you go to the different, like, levels. levels yeah. So for me, it was, you know, going from the child, going through the professional, yeah. you know. So for me, I had to adapt Yes. In the environment in a second. Mm -hmm. So I did not have a chance um, to feel on myself, except I had dance studio. I remember when, since I moved here, I did not have any, you know, jobs or anything. So I was working um, in a Russian kindergarten because of my language barrier. Yeah. But you find a way to make it work. Yes, you know? as like my English. A path creates, <laughs> yes. you know, a solution. Yes, so basically, you know, and from saying of that, mm -hmm. because me and my friend, we went to the store, and as, a, uh, as I was applying to different applications, and an application that was says, what can you do? I can only, I said dance, because I did not really know how to do anything else but dance. So obviously none of the stores took me. So I was rejected, <laughs> reject, oh, reject. I'm like, oh my God, this is actually going to be tougher than I thought. So I start, you know, teaching the two, three-year-old ones doing ballroom and it was once a week and I earned my first money because I did not have a car. So I had to mm -hmm. have some kind of transportation, which was yeah. public transportation bus. Yeah. And each time I would take a bus, just go straight to the studio, mm -hmm. practice and by the time I got home, it was super, super late. So mm -hmm. I did not have anything time except to do a little, you know, to do my homework and yeah. go back to sleep. Yeah. In the morning, same process, school, you know, running to the bus station, mm -hmm. go to practice. After yeah. the practice run, I remember I missed my bus. So I had to run after the bus to get it into the bus to start, um, you know, to go home to do my homework. And yeah. every day. It was repetitive, repetitive. Yeah. One, it's the, like a routine. It's a routine, yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah. I know I can relate to that in a lot of ways, being that when I was in high school, I was dancing, you know, around 40 hours a week. And so going to school, it became so taxing on me that I ended up actually getting sick because I would be coming home in the afternoons, go like usually have like maybe something quick to eat and then go to the studio until like really late at night. Sometimes I would do a little bit of homework before I would go to bed or I wouldn't even do any of it. And then I would wake up at like two o'clock in the morning until like four o'clock and like just be like doing homework in the stillness of night. And then maybe go back to bed for like a half hour and then wake up and go to school. It was like, it was very, very intense. It's like working all day, all the time. And it was like, you know, on the weekends I would still be training. That was like, Absolutely. because you didn't have school, you had right, more time yeah. to train. So, um, or you'd have competition. So it just, it does get, you have to really have, it's like you really have to love what you're doing in order to do that because it is a labor of love and it is it can be very taxing. Definitely, you know, definitely. But it's worth it. It's definitely 100%. worth it. Hundred percent. That's what it takes. <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned that you were 
applying for different jobs and dealing with the rejections and things like that. But I mean, even also when it comes to dance competitions, when you're competing in the competitions mm-hmm. and sometimes you're like, oh, I didn't get the the place that I wanted. And you feel like, oh, I gave it everything. And why is this person? And oh, all of these kinds of emotions can come up and you start to compare and you know, how did you cope with facing some of the inevitable rejection that comes from the audition and competition process? And how did that strengthen you in the long term? You know, um, you know, this is how I count myself as a lucky because I had, the, you know, good teachers yes. in Ukraine mm-hmm. who are very smart. So and I always related myself to always to the phrases that they would always tell me that the Bad results were good results for me. This is how I cope with the rejections. It forced me to work harder Mm -hmm. and harder. Absolutely. So this is, I would always think, okay, if it would be bad results. And what's bad results? Bad results, it's just a piece of metal that you're going to have a fame for two seconds. And after that, what? So it actually forces you to work so much harder. Yeah, because even when you win at the top, you still have to keep Doesn't going matter. anyways. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because we have lots of kids who do win, mm-hmm. get the get superstar sickness. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Uh, yeah. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. And after that, they think they know better than you do. But unfortunately, we know how it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, yeah. even if you win, it doesn't matter. You have yeah. to work even harder than hard. Totally. I mean, I can kind of see that happening or I think it kind of relates to even social media. Sometimes if people start to gain a certain amount of attention or, you know, things of that nature, sometimes they they forget where they come from or who helped them get there. Thank you very much. Yeah, you know, but it, it does happen and it can change people. And I think one of the things that my instructors always taught me is like, always keep working in your craft. Like there's always going to be someone out there who's better than you in some way. So, you know, be kind to other people that you compete against because you don't know, you might end up working with them in the future. And, you know, you always want, everybody is blessed with different things in their life regardless. And whether what you do with that is your own choice, I think, but to remain humble is very important. And I feel like that's kind of why it's important to sometimes not get the awards that you want and not get first place all the time because you remember, like, you enjoy it more when you do get those awards and things. And, or absolutely. And it makes you work harder. I've had this experience yes. before, you know, when yeah. they achieved the first place and then they think that they know better than you do. Yeah. <laughs> and then the results all of a sudden drop, but they asking, oh, why it's dropping. It's not you know, results drop and you just have to back up, look at yourself from the side. What are you doing for this results Mm -hmm. as a person? Because for me, being a human, Mm -hmm. it's more than your results. And the results come with that. So if they don't have that, your results as, because results can go quickly up, but the higher you fly, Mm -hmm. it's actually... Harder to drop. Totally. And I mean, you even think about that with people in life, like, you know, in their life, how, you know, your circumstances can change so fast and how important it is to be grateful for you have, whether it's, you know, friendships, relationships, your parents, family, um, financial situation, 
jobs, things like this. It's like you have to really stay grounded and humble and so Absolutely. grateful for all of that. So it, I think that's really where if if dancers really, you know, work with a good instructor like yourself or, you know, good people around them and mentors, that those lessons translate outside of the dance realm. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Life. Yes. So now, what was the process of coming to America and San Diego like for you on kind of more a detailed level? I know we touched on that a little bit, yeah. but what was that like for you? You know, um, I moved here to mm-hmm. reunite with my uh, family from my mom's side. Mm-hmm. They all moved here 15 years before we did. Mm-hmm. So the most adjusting part was to adapt to the culture here. Yeah. Because um, culture here and culture in Ukraine, it's a little bit different. Just a little. Yeah. So this was the hardest process for me, I I think, you know. As far as like, you know, I think obviously the weather is so different, but there's so much totally different food totally different environment oh my god you know different food i remember when we just moved here and so we're doing touring and you know we didn't have in ukraine greek food chinese food uh we mexican had only Ma- food. mexican <laughs> food we did not have we only had mcdonald's oh, okay like american yeah, yeah yeah and here it's a junk food for us it was a restaurant and then like burger king chicken the i tried everything what i could every single day I think we were trying. I've gained about 15 pounds. And I'm looking at myself and I'm like, oh, 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 I'm going to dance. Yeah. (laughs) Then I started to look. After that, it was enough is enough. So I watch what I eat all the time because here, you know, it's luxury. Here, you can eat whatever you want. Yes, but I mean, also, I think, you know, both you and I know it's like your body is your instrument as a dancer. And Absolutely. And it's so important to feed yourself with things that are really going to nourish you. And that's different for everybody. But I think, you know, for me, I've really enjoyed eating plant-based foods. Everybody's a little bit different as far as what fuels them. But I think having the ability to use your body in a way and enjoy your body in a way through dance is such, you know, sometimes that's kind of yeah you might want to try these other foods but being able to dance like that is like another totally feeling that you can't buy at kfc (laughs) no no absolutely not yeah you know since i was doing rhythmic gymnastics when i was little from six to like eight and a half before right before i started doing ballroom dancing i was in the olympic team of the rhythmic gymnastics girls and literally Mm -hmm. they send you to the camp with no parents and literally they weigh you every single day mm-hmm. if you're like one pound or whatever grams kilograms whatever they do in it if they measure you it's you know they based on it what you're gonna eat today or what you're not gonna eat today like that's why after that you know i was really watching even my mom mm-hmm. she was really watching what i was eating well, and that's, is- you know, and I think for people that don't understand kind of the rhythmic gymnastics realm, it's, it is very aesthetic based. Absolutely. I mean, you do, you, it's like they love long legs and very long lines and very tiny hips and waist. And Absolutely. so, you know, to be able to achieve that and work on there, it's a totally different level of discipline when it comes to pain tolerance and creating 
you know, aesthetic beauty. So there are different, you know, kind of requirements and things that people will go through for that. And arguably some people could say, oh, that's not healthy for mental, for physical well-being and health long term. And, you know, I wouldn't disagree with that. But at the same time, when it comes to that art, if you want to pursue it as an artist and you're willing to make those sacrifices, that's an individual choice. And sometimes you don't know, um, you know, it's important to kind of keep that in mind that that's just kind of what goes along with it. And to some respects, I think that is kind of the same way for dance, but I feel like that has changed. There's so many different realms of dance when it comes to dance in general, whether you're looking at, you know, hip hop or, uh, you know, just such a wide range of dance styles. I feel like it has become less stigmatized um, regardless of, you know, the color of your skin, your height, your weight, your dimensions and things. And it is, I feel like, a little bit more accepting, you know, opposed to what it used to be. And it does celebrate a little bit more diversity. But there still is, you know, some, Absolutely. some standards that are held for, for things Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Do you feel like it has changed a little bit, though? Like, from the time when you were competing? Absolutely. Like, in what way do you feel like it's it's kind of evolved? You know, um, what I like in a way that, you know, that it's actually growing mm-hmm. and people realize, okay, what do we need to do more mm-hmm. of this or more of that? And what I really like coming to the ballroom dancing is that um all the body needs to be trained um in a certain type not only like in the ballet mm-hmm. or because body movement is a body movement yes so same thing with um dance world like in the jazz and conventions and all mm-hmm. of this because how much ballroom becoming popular yes before they thought oh it's ballroom dancing mm-hmm. super easy mm-hmm. Ah. Mm-hmm. no 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 <laughs> no 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 they started doing it now and they're like oh my god miss olga this is actually harder than we thought yes i said absolutely because there's so many details detail and you're responding to your partner in such a way that is you know, appropriate in the hip movements. And, you know, we were talking about a couple of weeks ago in the feet, how important it is to how everything starts in the feet and having those details really taken care of. And, you know, it is very similar to ballet in that way that you work the muscles in your body. You know, it's not like going to a gym and lifting weights. It's so different. You know, it's like when you work in ballet and dance and a lot of different of these realms, you're working a lot of smaller muscles, Mm -hmm. a lot of ones that you would not even be able to access and there's even a certain degree of flexibility that you have to have in order to even reach those muscles to a certain extent as well so you know if you're not working with people that know what they're doing you're not going to get the results that you want absolutely as as much money as you might be pouring into something that can end up being you know not long-term working in your benefit so i feel like I really respect the results that you've gotten for your students over the years. That's something nobody can take away from you, you know, and um, you you know what you're doing as far as teaching those kids. You know, your students, you. I've seen them perform um, right before my eyes, and it's exceptional. So thank um, you so yes, much. Of course, of course. Now, when it comes to some of your memorable moments as a dancer, what are some of those as far as maybe like achieving certain awards that you've won or, you know, things like that and are there any specific instructors or choreographers that you had over the course of your lifetime that made a really specific impact, even when you were back in Ukraine, but also Absolutely. You know, in other areas of the world, too? You know, um, 
when I'm, I think what I can remember <laughs> when I can memorize from myself when I won my first title as a U.S. champion mm-hmm. and open to the world champion. And my head teacher, Shirley Ballas, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, inspired wow. me the most. Uh-huh. And she still does inspire me. She's in, she, are they in Utah? No. No? Shirley so is originally from England. Okay. And then she moved here to the United States. And now she's back in England doing, um, like, Dancing with the Stars show. Yes. But well, it's called... But her son, Mark Ballas, was, was on Dancing absolutely. with the Stars. It's so funny because I just saw... Um, there's an artist, she danced with Mark Ballas on Dancing with the Stars mm-hmm. several seasons ago, Lindsay Sterling. She's yeah. like a very famous violinist and performer. She's exceptional, but she just released a music video this morning and they're dancing in it together. And I was like, oh my God, she's so incredible. I, I you know, she's such a talented individual. She is. Yeah. But uh, that's so definitely. cool. Yeah. She's like um, very smart and one of she, I, for me, she's the best coach in the world. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So she, what do you think? Like, what was about her style that maybe you bring into your own style that you? She's very precise. Yes. She knows what will win at the competition. She knows exactly where to place. She knows exactly even where you're going to put your nose, where it's going to be your eyes. So detailed. Wow. And this is what, you know, I want. That I, makes a champion. Yes. This is what that. makes champion. Mm-hmm. Full package. And this is what I create with my kids. Wow. So did you ever like grow up training with Mark or did he train with the Julianne and? He yeah. was Hedden's partner. Yes. Julianne oh Huff and Shirley adopted them. Julianne and Derek Huff uh-huh. and uh, Mark Ballas. Mark is very chill. I like him a lot yeah. and his wife and, you know, very nice people. He Super grounded. He has now, right, too? Does he have any babies yet? No? Okay. No. <laughs> Maybe no. to come, but yeah. <laughs> I'm going be thinking of somebody else. Yeah. Um, well, that's amazing. And so as far as when you, you won those awards, like how how old were you when you won your first championship? It was in 2012, but before that, I was going to. So it's very hard to go back. Yeah, <laughs> to remember all, these remember things all the time. things. Yeah, because I literally had. I won my title. I celebrated for about five minutes. And went went to my to room, the back to the studio. That's it. <laughs> exactly. So basically, <laughs> you keep on going. Keep on going. Absolutely. So. Um, what are some of the factors that contributed to building, you know, your highly successful ballroom program that you have now? And how did you start working with the kids? And what are some of the things that um, you love about working with the kids? <clears throat> when I moved here, I, you know, I started teaching a little bit like social dancing. Mm-hmm. So I started dancing, teaching them. So for me, I was not really um, into it because of my English barrier. So I could not like explain to the social dancers. I was really explaining them how to do technique, which you don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There is different two types, one social dancing and one competitive dancing. Mm -hmm. But I had to, you know, learn. Mm -hmm. So after that, I said to myself, um, I had my first student 
um, a Russian student, and I started teaching her training. And then it was two, it was three, then more American kids come. And uh, what I really like uh, teaching in them, because I take them from the very beginning, zero, when they don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Some of them did not even have a dance background. Yeah. And then so like to I create some soccer, some yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And what I like it's to create from the zero to see them grow, not only as a dancer but as a person. Mm-hmm. So this is what gives me adrenaline. Yes, and yeah. it keeps me going because yeah. I like to create results. And when I create results, it's actually you know quick results, and then they achieved and they. Becoming more and more successful in my past career, I had in my dance since I started working with kids, very successful kids, mm-hmm. and some of them in the top. Some of them right now they're not dancing, but they in the colleges. They mm-hmm. getting their first jobs. Yeah. They still call me and coming with the flowers and everything. Yes, they like Olga. You are like our second mom. Mm-hmm. So. Watching them going and growing through this process makes me want to keep going. Yes. I feel like, you know, I even just, I reach out to my dance instructors that I had growing up, you know, quite frequently because there are things that maybe I'm experiencing while I'm teaching where I'm like, oh man, like, I'm so grateful that they taught me that. And, you know, there's things that kind of hit you at different times in your life. But I think um, there's, there's several lessons that there's so many lessons that I mean I learned from my instructors growing up and uh it's it's such a rewarding process to have so you know I have students that reach out to me sometimes they're like oh I miss you like I'm so grateful for you know you know the time that we had or you know they'll they'll let me know how they're doing in college and stuff now so I mean some of them I started working with them when they were very young and I was very young too because you know, I was probably about like 14 when I started working, you know, and, and a teaching assistant, assistant teaching with the choreographers. So there, you know, there's a lot of memories there. And, you know, those connections, they last a lifetime. Absolutely. You, know, you, learn, you learn lessons from your dance instructor that you can't learn in any other way. And you cannot buy them. No, no. Absolutely. No. Yeah. So now that you've had your successful program, you're opening up your studio, which is so exciting. Yay! Step to dance. Yep. So what was the inspiration behind that? You know, I always wanted to open my own dance studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, the studio that will focus on personal growth mm-hmm. and development of each student. I want it to be a warm and friendly environment mm-hmm. to help each and everyone to achieve their goals and with of course yeah yeah and i think you know it's always important to have that very inviting environment but i know you are such a strong technician and such a strong instructor that you will tell them what they need to hear and you know from my perspective having worked with a lot of instructors i think i don't want to go into a class and have somebody be just talking to me the whole time or something like that and i know that when a student is coming to work with you, you're going to be very detailed with them and you're going to teach them as much as they can, Absolutely, you know, within the time they can learn it and really meet them on their level because you have so much experience working with students that come from nothing or some of them have dance training. And so that can be utilized and they can, maybe they have a little bit more awareness of their body, but I feel like I would 
if I had my own child, I would totally <laughs> trust putting them in your hands in that in that respect because those details will be taken care of. And I think families should be really comfortable knowing that that's it's going to be a really good investment for their kids, not only for their just creativity for their getting to know their body, but also just for their confidence in life. I mean, it's so I feel like there's so many things that come into play when you're getting older and having that confidence to dance. Is so amazing to be able to go to a party and know what you're doing. Absolutely. So just be like random, you know. But also kids these days, I think they're more open to dance because of shows like Dancing with the Stars for the Kids and, you know, it, social media has made dance so much more popular. So that's I'm really, really glad that now there's a, a place for that because I don't really feel like there was a really strong, you know, ballroom dance studio specifically for kids. And I think at this time in the dance you know, industry, this is something that's really needed. So I feel like I'm so happy for you that you're opening Thank this you. up because not only are you going to offer incredible instruction, incredible instruction, but it is going to be really meeting a need that needs to be met. So absolutely. Yes. Now, what do you feel like makes your studio unique compared to other ballroom dance studios? Because there are a lot of other places to take ballroom in absolutely. San Diego. In San absolutely. Diego. Yeah. You know, um, it makes us you know, we are unique because our team based on each individual student. Mm -hmm. And it's about the individual success. So we don't, you know, we don't make in our studio the environment um, that will create, we want to create a different environment for them. Because as we said, each person is very individual. So we want to give it to each child the individual program mm -hmm. that will create in this child the best and get out of the child all the best. Yes. And of course, it's very, you know, individuals. Yeah. And this is what are creating us, you know, very unique mm -hmm. with, you know, my team. To give that individual attention, but help them learn everything that they need to Absolutely. learn to be the best they can be. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it helps that you have some... You have some great team members coming on too, right? You have oh, some yeah. people that you've trained and, you know, having some young guys too or younger guys that are more accomplished. I think from my experience taking, you know, quite a, you know, some ballroom dance in San Diego over the years, it's it's a rare thing to find. So I'm very excited about that as well. And what has your relationship like then been with, over the years? And um what are some of their experience? What can people look forward to if they are taking class with them? Like, You know, um, what makes me super excited because I've been with my team members from, for 10 plus years. Mm -hmm. They've been with me in, uh, you know, good times, um, fun times, bad times. And what creates is not only being a good dance instructors, but being a very good people mm -hmm. inside and outside. There's that trust. The trust. And I can tell you one thing that I trust every single team member of mine, just like I would trust myself. Mm -hmm. So, and my students uh, love working because we work as a team and then we have our students in Los Angeles. We have our students here and, you know, I have 
couples flying from all over the United States to have lessons with us. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter who they would have a lesson with. Yeah. They will get 100 trillion billion percent attention and obviously professionalism and all of the good stuff that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Now, as a choreographer, what styles do you feel most drawn to? What do you personally enjoy? And what styles do you love choreographing for kids? You know, my favorite style is international Latin mm -hmm. because it's very energetic and very expressive. Yes. And so that's why um, I like, you know, it depends on the mood. Mm -hmm. When it's anger mood, could be pasta doble. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when it's playful mood, we can do, you know, cha-cha <laughs> or samba. And obviously, you know, all of those styles. Of course, I train the international standard, which is good foundation to do both. Mm -hmm. And American smooth and American rhythm, mm -hmm. which is very popular in the United States. Mm -hmm. But mostly kids in the, in the world... 99.9999999% dancing international Latin international standard and, and American smooth is getting very much popular yes. right now. I know for people even that are a little bit maybe coming to dance a little bit later in their life, maybe mm -hmm. in their 30s or 40s, yes. I feel like doing more of the smooth styles can be a little bit easier on easier. the joints. And yes. Because um, you know, it is a little bit slower movement and things and there's so much detail that comes in with the Latin. But, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's really, really beneficial for kids to learn that. Now, what do you think are three great traits that an instructor should have or embody? Dedication, mm -hmm. respect, and patience. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you have to have that for your students as much as possible. Same for them for you, you know. And that is, again, one of those lessons that translates out into life. Now, as a judge and instructor, because you've been, you know, able to judge some competitions now and some pretty yes. reputable competitions, you see a lot of students and, you know, their technical performance qualities. What are some of the common issues and also solutions you see happening with your clients and more specifically the teen students? You know, the main issue that I see um, in the teen years is that they get this attitude, I'm better than everyone <laughs> the entitlement. Entitlement. Yeah, I see that from and time to time myself. <laughs> <laughs> so this hinders their performance and their marks reflects that. Yeah. So, the, you know, for me, teen dancers need to keep their attitude in check mm -hmm. and continue working hard because they still don't know mm -hmm. everything as they think they do. Right. There's always so much to learn. Of course. Yeah, they have to take the pink sunglasses sometimes off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's a kind of a difficult balance to think because I think there's there's one side of you that is, as a performer and, you know, as an individual or a student that's working, there has to be one side of you that is very focused and very disciplined and very respectful. And it's not that that changes, but I feel like sometimes that performance quality of when you get out on the floor, it's kind of flashy, you're really confident, you know, you puff your chest out. Okay, look at me. I'm ready to go. You kind of have to go into that zone sometimes. Absolutely. But you have to, off the dance floor, sometimes keep that humble. I agree with balance. you. It's a very difficult balance. Because it's a delicate balance, the, too. Yeah, yeah, because of the environment of the schools right now. Mm -hmm. You know, when I grew up, my school was different. 
and because of their age. Mm-hmm. Right now, kids have those social media. They're always on the Instagram. They want to, you know, do the selfies. Yeah. And thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 100 trillion billion comments. Oh, yeah, yeah I have something many likes. Mm-hmm. But it's not about likes. It's not about the comments. It's who you are inside. Yes. And if you are real or you're fake. So this is what counts. Mm-hmm. Not Oh, I agree with that so much. You know, how much have work have you done in the studio or like in your personal life on yourself to really feel good where you don't need the validation of other people? I know we talked about this another time, too. It's like not going out into life, going out on the dance floor and showing your best, giving your best, being of service and really showing the the beauty and the quality of the dance and the hard work that you've put into it, not going out there to show yourself. You know, oh, yeah. That, I, that's so much in life, I think, too. It's like, w- what are you really giving? What What are you creating? Are you, are you entertaining the audience and mm-hmm. really giving them something where they're like, wow, this is really beautiful. I, like, respect this so much. Or are you just being like, look at how good I am? Like, you know. You know, um, it takes me when I'm, I'm judging competitions. It's like. Like, you can see it. Oh, like when you, have you cannot fake eye, it. Yes. You cannot fake it. And when. When I was competing, I did not understand sometimes what the judges, my coaches would tell me. Mm-hmm. But since I start judging, I understand this 100% because they tell, they told me many, many times, you cannot fake it. Mm-hmm. You can see this through it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, <laughs> you can fake it. <laughs> uh, no, you yeah. can't. Definitely you can't. Because those judges, it's like they've gone through everything the oh, dancers yeah. on that floor. So they know. They oh, know. I, uh, definitely. You can't fool anybody with that. Now, a lot of students can end up stop dancing in their teens in a high school because they run out of time to be able to, um, you know, make time available because they have the homework. They have so many different disciplines. So what is your advice to dancers to kind of stick with dance during those times and how to how to manage it and make it work if it really matters to them? You know, for me, it's very important um, why dance is important for especially the high schoolers mm-hmm. and or middle schoolers. I would say starting from middle school, going to the high school, mm-hmm. um, it will help them to stay focused and it will take them away from some of the environment that's going on right now, like drugs or any, yes, drinking, drinking, because the more and more I see kids going like 13 and Mm -hmm. up, I thought it's not true, but uh, when I witnessed with my own eyes, what's going on with kids and I see this a lot on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So they have to keep checking what they're going to put on Instagram, Mm -hmm. drinking, smoking, um, partying, and once you put it, it's gonna stay for the rest of their life there mm-hmm. because it's social media. Yeah, and it's you know it's different because when you're younger, your brain's not developed enough to really realize that. Mm-hmm. But as you get older, or you, if you're around people that are good mentors that can coach you in a good way to Absolutely. be like, stay away from those things. Like it is not worth it. You know, I feel like it goes back to, you know, same thing when I was younger. People ask me, why don't you do this? And I'm like, I don't want to. No. I want to stay away from that Absolutely. because that will hinder my growth. Like I was, you know, I had good people around me enough to know that, you know, and um, I'm very grateful for that. And I think people can always learn from their experiences and change and things if they want to. But um, but it's important to 
to take care of what you've been given in this life and to respect that no, and appreciate absolutely. it. If you expect anybody to respect you, you have to do that for yourself first, you know. So what lessons have you learned from performing arts and dance and what lessons really translated out of the studio for you? Dance taught me the perseverance and hard work. Mm -hmm. I have to be very disciplined to be able to dedicate so much time to my dancing and attention school. Mm -hmm. It taught me to deal with rejections mm -hmm. and accept my victories graciously. Mm -hmm. And obviously, professionalism comes above all. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, what is your dream first step to dance for your studio? What do you see, you know, 10 years from now? What, what do you want going on there? <laughs> My dream is for Step to Dance is to inspire and empower every student mm -hmm. that walk through our doors mm -hmm. to achieve their goals and inspirations. Absolutely. I just imagine 10 years from now, you're going to have lots of trophies up in that place. <laughs> it's inevitable. So, you know, and what advice do you have to share with other instructors that maybe hope to open their own studios someday or have a business of their own someday? Because you've put a lot of years of hard work to building yourself to this point and, you know, for this to finally come. So do you have any words of wisdom for people out there that might be interested to do that? I think my advice for anybody who wants to open their own studio is to believe in themselves mm -hmm. and realize that it's a lot of hard work and do not burn any bridges. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's very important. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there's been plenty of times I think that I've, I've been in those situations where, um, you know, you have to say goodbye to... Certain environments, you have to move on and you have to do what is best for you and work with the students that can benefit most from what you have available to teach them. And, you know, we reach those those crossroads in our life. You know, not everybody stays in the same exact thing their Absolutely. whole life. And it's uh, it's okay to move on, but to keep keep the respect there as much as possible. Now, when it comes to creating a life of your dreams and really giving back to the world in a high service, you know, being um, that dance is something that's been a passion for your whole life. And, you know, you've been able to pursue that. A lot of people, they don't have, sometimes they end up working in different fields. And even though they had something that they're gifted with, they don't necessarily pursue it. It's it's that sacrifice and that discipline. What what advice do you have um, for for people that want to go and do whatever they want with their life, whatever their passion is? What is your advice for that? You know, my advice is to follow your dreams and never give up. Share your passion for dance with others mm -hmm. and stay focused. Yeah. I had to overcome many obstacles, but nothing was going to stop me away from the dancing. Mm -hmm. So my advice, keep on going. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And find a way to make it happen. Whatever yep. your passions are, if it's dance or if it's something else, to to keep pursuing that because... We live in such an age where even niche things are needed. If you have a very specific, you know, service that you offer the world, I feel like there is so much more connection and there's a way to be able to offer that in such a way that will really benefit people. Now, in, in regards to your advice for the coming generation and how dance can change their lives, what do you 
What do you want to <laughs> say to that? Yeah. You know, for coming generation, dance can be the biggest life lesson. Mm -hmm. Dance can help them stay grounded in this crazy world. It will help them to stay focused on what's important and see what's insignificant. It will teach them to deal with life's highs and lows. It can also be an outlet to express themselves during many life changes and cycles. Absolutely. Well, with that, Olga, I'm so uh, grateful you were able to come in today and thank you. podcast with me. I'm so looking forward to seeing how the studio evolves and to come in and even work with you and some of your instructors. I'm very, very excited uh, for that whole process to take place. So if you guys are interested, there'll be links below and how you can get in touch with Olga, how you can take classes and um, information for that all in the description and remember, the studio is Step to Dance, and it's going to be in North County. And is there anything else you want to mention regarding that? No, thank nope. you very much for having me. I enjoyed every second to be here. Thank you, Victoria, very much. And keep on dancing, guys. Okay. <laughs> thank you for tuning in to Vibrant Raw Living. Remember that you are just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving and maintaining your dreams as much as anyone else. If you have found this podcast useful, please subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud and share it with your friends and family. You can find links to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, and Snapchat in the show notes below. And if you'd like to follow me for updates, which I only share via email, come on over to my website at victoriamadian.com. I love you and I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Go out there and discover your infinite potential. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.